With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. And Derek Bell. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Below us, certainly not below us in terms of people that do Steelers content, is Derek Bell, Steelers DB. He's riding shotgun. DB. It's like it's like like I'm I'm over here driving the van. Smitty's sitting shotgun, and DB's you know he's he's back there in the back. You know he's he's in the middle hanging seat. out. Yeah, you know, right, yeah, just poking his head up in the rearview mirror. You based know, off, that. based off Derek and I's height discrepancies, I feel like I should give him shotgun. And I could be in the back chilling. Yeah, that, that might work doing better. Whatever. I don't. Can yeah. you rearrange the boxes? I don't know if that's possible. I don't, I don't know if you can make that happen. There it is. There it is. This is this is the assortment here. There it the is. That's that better. Work. That's better. Uh, uh, all right. Throw me all off now. I don't know if I like that or not. Yeah, we're we're going back to the original way. Just in your mind, I'm getting whiplash. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, DB joining the show for us today. Actually, that was just last week that DB and I were doing the show together, but obviously, the three of us this is the first time that it's been the three of us. Um, you know, the people so love them some Derek Bell. We got like so many good comments anytime, anytime. Dude, it's he's a man of the people, they yeah. love him very undecided. Well, we ask for comments, we ask for comments every time that we do a show. Obviously, we want questions for the show, we want comments about what we talked about. But like any time that Derek is on, that doesn't happen because the comments are just love seeing DB on here. Need more of DB. <laughs> like, great, great. But what's your question for the next show? 
or what did you like about this show specifically? Nope, doesn't matter. Nope. DB Just, was on it, so they liked well, it. We're giving the people what they want. We're continuing our friends you wary. I was having some guests in here to try to get through the uh yep. the slow times, and we got a little news to talk about today, not a whole lot. Maybe. It's pretty pretty slow. It could day. turn into bigger news if this plays out potentially. Right, right, right. So you want to set it up, uh, Smitty? Yeah, so it was announced that the first week of the NFL season, we always know that the NFL season kicks off on a Thursday. The following day, on Friday, the Philadelphia Eagles will be the host team for a game in Brazil. Uh, so obviously, that will count as a home game for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Pittsburgh Steelers are one of their away opponents. So theoretically, the Steelers could play in Brazil to open up their 2024 season. Uh, and Alan, you, you mentioned that obviously I want to get your guys thoughts on this too, but like the fan response to this, I think has just been something that I didn't necessarily see. I expected more of this, like, and again, continuing the conversation with international games in general, when the Steelers lose a home game in the near future to like Mexico city or something, potentially as early as 2025, I expected this type of response then, but like, what do we care about where they're playing an away game? Like, I think this is cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it- there are only, of course, you know, the Eagles have nine home games. They only ever mm-hmm. make teams with nine home games host. So the Eagles given up a home game. So they'll have nine you know, opponents that it technically could be. But uh, the NFL isn't going to make them give up a divisional game. So you can kind of cross Dallas, Washington, New York off that list. And they also play the Carolina Panthers and the Jacksonville Jaguars, both of which are playing in Europe next season. So they're not going to make mm-hmm. those guys go on two international trips. Yeah. That really leaves only four real options for the visiting team for this uh, game in Sao Paulo, which will be the Steelers, the Browns, the Packers, and the Falcons. So one of those four teams basically is going to start their season in Brazil. Uh, It'll be a Friday night game the day after that season opening Thursday night game. And uh, yeah, I mean, I looked at that and I was like, huh, cool. And then there was, I don't know, a lot of anger from the fan base about the Steelers potentially going to Brazil, which I, I didn't really understand. So I don't know what, what, what's your, uh, it's it's not like it's harder to win the game. You got both teams got to go there, and I mean, I guess it makes it more difficult to win the next one, I suppose. But the smart thing on the NFL's part, making that game the uh, the first week of the season, got you know they can go down early, be totally ready to go. Uh, that that's way better, I think, than trying to squeeze in. It's the same time zone, maybe one hour times a different. That's way better to me than trying to squeeze in a trip to London in the middle of the season. Yeah, I mean that was my first reaction to it as well especially with like you said it being an away game I'm, I was kind of curious on why so many people were up in arms if it was a home game I definitely get that but um you know doing it on week one is kind of cool uh like you said because of the travel I think it just makes it flow better uh for scheduling purposes but also um you know think about we all even though like we're all like incredibly busy especially when football season begins but think about how excited we are for football season to roll around and then we get we'll, we'll end up getting what the second game because there'll be a thursday night game and then mm-hmm. the steelers would end up playing on friday um that just means we don't have to wait two additional days like all the other fan bases or all the other media uh, outlets out there so to me getting it out there early um with it being week one um, I definitely don't see a problem with it. If it was like middle of the season and stuff, like I, I definitely think there are some drawbacks, like you said, with the schedule. But um, to start off the season in Brazil, I mean, pretty cool. I mean, not losing a home game, not, no big deal for me. You get two I'd extra like to know days the player to response to back. it. Yeah, yeah like, it's one curious about the players. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what the players had to say. But I think it's way better than going to London or going to Germany. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe not in terms of like, yeah, I mean, obviously Brazil's. Uh, beautiful but it's not necessarily like you know the you know the 
first first class accommodations. I'm sure the NFL is going to find no matter what, but it's not the same kind of place, right? But you know, I think um, I, I don't know. I, I I don't understand the downside. Really, you got to play these games. The NFL is committed to it. Um, I guess that maybe that's is the just is is the negativity just that people don't like the idea that's, of international games in too. general that they just yeah. don't want to be a part of this. As like a, even just a fan of football, let's take the Steelers part out of this. Like I'm just excited that we're going to have football that first weekend, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday. Now, like you're talking four to five days with NFL football, which is sweet. But I think it is just like the negative drawbacks that people have to international games in general, maybe playing into this. And again, just knowing that like it's coming down the pipeline for the Steelers to lose a home game, even if it's not right now. Again, could be one season later with Mexico City. If there ever is, you know, a game in Ireland, certainly the Steelers would be on the short list to be the first team to host there um so I, I think it is probably just a result of how the fans feel about international games in general as opposed to like oh this specific one them being the road team for yeah I, I think too like people i don't think i understand like you know the nfl initiative is obviously to grow the game but just how many steelers fans are in different countries of the united states i mean the steelers have an yeah. incredible fan base you know it, it's not just one of those things where they travel extremely well steelers fans are pretty much everywhere so you got to think about how cool, how beneficial it'll be um, for Steelers fans in Brazil to be able to see their team play maybe for the first time ever. You know, you think about how expensive it is to travel um, overseas, you know, outside the country, whatever. Um, you know, having the Steelers potentially come to their backyard, I'm sure would be cool for those fans. So to me, I, I don't really see it. I, I, I think it's good for the game, good to grow for the game. Obviously, the Steelers are one of the most, you know, historic franchises in all of sports and, you know, using them uh, to help elevate the NFL's platform, I think is, you know, is a good thing. There are one point, I'm sorry, 19.7 million people in Brazil with a so, that follow NFL accounts on social media. That is the most of any country other than the United States and Mexico. Wow. So, like, there's a lot of NFL fans, and, and you know, so, I, I think there's good. I was gonna say, what what is the reason that they haven't been part of the international plan already? Then, do you think? Well, I mean, I think part of it is like. The, the part of the international plan is to make this make money, you know, and Brazil's a developing country that doesn't have a, a great economy. Yeah. So I don't know how well the NFL is going to be able to monetize those 20 million people. Right. Like, I, I think if you're the NFL and you're like, well, we have, we have 5 million Brits and 6 million Germans and 20 million Brazilians. Like which one of them has, which one of those groups has deeper pockets. I don't know. It's probably the European countries. Right. I mean, I think that, that makes makes some sense, but you know I do think there are this, so this to me kind of feels like a trial run as opposed to them sort of going full on into Europe and saying mm -hmm. like hey we're gonna be here every year this is a regular commitment like yeah we're doing this thing uh, this this very much um, to me feels feels like a little bit of a weather balloon just to see like hey will people pay for these tickets what we need to price them to make money is there a market there that is not just interest, but support for the product financially. I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously not, not an expert on Brazilian economics, but I, you know, I think that's probably why this is like a, Hey, we'll do it once and see what happens kind of thing from the league. But certainly when you see those numbers, it's, it's obvious that's a big potential market. Yeah. I, I, well, so, okay. You might've just answered the question and that's all that it is. It's just like, they're only locked into one game. It's not like an agreement to do like, say like a back-to-back -back type thing or like a five-year plan or anything like that. That's not how this is done. I think they announced the intention to play 
just one and then okay. maybe there's an option for a second um hmm. no that's it no it was so they had so they had a a sort of competition or whatever a discussion about who was going to get the next which country was going to go next and it's brazil it gets 2024 and then there's another game that they're going to play in 2025 that brazil was also up for that they now are saying could go to spain so um yeah it just seems like this is kind of right now a one-time thing we'll see how it goes uh that'd be cool to play in like the only game ever in brazil not that i'm hoping it doesn't work <laughs> but like that'd be, that'd be kind of fun to go there once and be like yeah we were there uh, there are, I tell you what, man, I get retweeted on social media all the time by like, there's like Brazilian Steelers accounts. There are those yeah. in every language, but I feel like the Brazilian ones are especially common where they, they have like big followings, um, that, that I get retweeted in Portuguese all the time. Then I'm like, what are they saying about me? Google translate. Tell me what's <laughs> up. Uh, but it, it's, it's kind of really? cool. honestly, those accounts too, they're like really good at aggregating. Like those are some yeah, of the best oh, yeah. aggregators within the steel. Cause like well, they have the to aggregate too. everything. Cause it's all in the wrong language. You need somebody yeah. that not just speaks the language, but you know, the language of sport. I think that's one of the things that's really underrated difficult. You know, we talked to, I used to cover baseball. We'll talk to a lot of Latin baseball players that speak Spanish, mm -hmm. but you know, I, the, the one, you know, interpreter is like, man, I, I did my like study abroad for my degree in Spain. Like what these guys are talking about is not the, you know, all the technical terms that you get in sports are, are very unique to understanding something that's written in a foreign language. So it's very difficult to do that. And I think those accounts do a really good job of it, of, of sort of getting that information out. Um, there's obviously Spanish language ones too. The Steelers are huge in Mexico. And I really suspect that the Steelers will not be going to Brazil because they will be hosting a game in Mexico city in 2025 and the NFL won't make them go international back-to-back -back years. That's what I, I really think is going to happen. So my, I would kind of lean towards the Browns. They've only been international once, mm. and it was back in 2017. And, and so I think that's probably uh, the way I would predict this. But certainly, if there's only four possible teams, you got to take the Steelers' chances of being there seriously. Yeah, for so sure. You're like telling said, me it's going to be interesting. Lose a home game? It, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, th I think the fan reaction to the Steelers losing a home game will be much more intense uh, than what we've seen just over on social media over the past couple of days. And that, to an extent, I, I do get it from everybody else's perspective, season ticket holders, all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, like you said, huge following in Mexico. Yeah. I now, bet you so the price of the tickets still go up. Every team does have to give up a home game once every eight years as mm -hmm. part of the change to the 17-game schedule. So the Steelers don't get an option. They have to go along with it. Um, it's part of what the league agreed to or what they agreed to you know, in, in the CBA. And so they will lose a home game once every eight years for an international game. It's just a question of when it happens to, to come up. And uh, the, the reason that the NFL hasn't been in Mexico City uh, – in 23 and 24 is that the stadium in Mexico city that they've played in before Azteca, which is where they play the um, you know, Mexican soccer national team games uh, is being renovated to host the world cup in 2026. And so it hasn't been available. They didn't want to play somewhere else because they have an arrangement over there with the, with the local team, the soccer team that, that runs the scheduling there. And so they're planning to go back to Azteca in 2025. And I, as long as that renovation happens on time, I really expect that the Steelers will be going there, uh, not this coming season, but the next one. My question before we get into questions from other people, 
Would you cover such a game, Alan? Would you be there? Yeah, I have this asked to me on social media. You know, I would have to look at how much and like what arrangements were being handled by the Steelers in the league compared to what I would need to do on my own. Um, you know, if they make it really easy to cover and it doesn't cost that much, I would love to do it. I love to travel. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it generally becomes a financial decision. They can't be spending thousands and thousands of dollars to cover one regular season game. It's just, you know, we're not that big of a company. Uh, and so I, I w- it would really depend on, you know, how easy they made it for us and, and how expensive it ended up being. But I would love to. Yeah, no, it's seems like it would be awesome um actually i wanted to bring up a question from youtube uh steve wanted to know so nick was on here with us yesterday Derek, talking a lot about arthur smith and like some of the drawbacks to the offense you know there's obviously some positives and negatives to take away but the one thing specifically that he highlighted in a negative fashion was his drop back passing game um and steve who commented here says why do you say arthur smith doesn't have a good drop back passing game can you explain and give examples to this uh, offense seemed to work okay in Tennessee. Not saying you're wrong here, just would like some education on it. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think uh, it's difficult to show examples, like, you know, without being able to, like, pull up plays specifically. Sure. Uh, but I, I think really in general, um, the drawback passing game stuff that I've seen just looks really basic. So they're running, like, you know, every team runs the same concepts, right? Like, for the vast majority of it, like, you have your set, probably seven or eight concepts that probably are universal across the NFL. There's not very much designery type stuff uh, that you would see in some of the other like high powered offenses, in my opinion, that I think his sequencing uh, with plays can be a drawback. Um, But really just like the spacing is oftentimes really poor. Um, I also think that in Atlanta and I I don't want to like throw Atlanta coaches under the bus, but like, one of the things that I really noticed was uh, their receivers don't run very hard on every play. So uh, if players don't think they're getting the ball, for example, um, Smith will run some like dagger concepts. So you'll have like basically a clear out to clear out the safety, just running like straight down the field. Um, There was spacing problems quite frequently because the person running the clear out was running about 65%. And the person running the dig right behind him was running 100%. So they were basically like running into each other. And when the ball was thrown, you couldn't even really tell who the ball was going to. Um, so there's there's coaching stuff like that to me where it's like the spacing of it. Um, it's just there's not like most of the schemed open stuff um, that you see is off play action. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that um, because I do think it puts guardrails on the offense. And as long as they can run the ball, they'll there's a chance that this can really work. Uh, but if you're asking me, like, are they going to be like, for example, if the Steelers are not in the top 12, 10, probably uh, in rushing like success rate or running the ball next year, um, they're not going to be a good offense. Like, that's just not that's just not his strength. Yeah, I think Derek really hit on something that I've noticed is that when the offense is in, whether it's play action or not, when the offense is in a mode that the defense has to respect the run, it seems like things will work. Like there's, it's not like great. It's not like super low. You're like, Oh my God, my mind's blown. Look how clever it's pretty basic stuff, but where it really falls apart is where it gets into some of those more obvious past situations. It just doesn't seem like they really have answers for that. And the offense that I've seen, um, the spacing stuff is weird. Some of the same stuff we saw with Canada, honestly talking about two guys in the same place and things like that. But uh, I don't think it's, 
I don't think it's unfixably bad. Um, but I, you know, I guess I question where, where does the improvement come from? Right. I mean, what, where, what is the reason that Arthur Smith, you know, after two years as an OC and three years as a head coach calling the plays, like, what is the thing or the reason that causes him to get better now? I don't know. I just kind of would need to need to see it before I would believe it's going to happen. So, so that's kind of the thing, right? Like some of these veteran coaches, um, guys that have failed at their first head coaching spot or coordinators that have flamed out for various reasons. Sometimes you'll see them come back to the league and get another opportunity and they kind of reinvent themselves. Um, Smith does have a reputation, whether that's fair or not. Um, there's a lot of scoring fans. I feel like in Atlanta, just judging off the comments that I've got on my own YouTube channel, um, that think that, you know, Smith's one of those guys that he's kind of just thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And like that can, that's definitely a thing in the coaching world. Uh, he definitely would not be the first coach to be, to fall into that category. Uh, but I think it's interesting too, because Smith's coming off this three year, you know, experiment in Atlanta that ended extremely poorly. Um, it would be different if Atlanta failed um, on the defensive side of the ball only, but his offense is just over the grand scheme of things, like weren't an overwhelming strength. And that's really his calling card. So it's going to be interesting to me, like what he learns from that experience, if he does change anything of his philosophy or if he's kind of a guy that's going to try to come in and like install like his system and what kind of tweaks come along with that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I do think that I said it on Twitter. I do think that this can work. I just think that it's going to be different than what people are probably going to be expecting. Yeah, we got a question on Twitter that kind of goes right along this from yeah. the Basid Yinzer, which is a a great uh, Twitter name. Realistic outlook for Pickett this year, man. That's a tough question to answer. I don't <laughs> even know how I would dig into that, like scientifically, but maybe just. On, on gut and feeling, DB, what do you got? Man, I'm gonna let y'all go first on that because <laughs> if I start if I started off, I'm gonna end up setting the mood bad. So I, I'm gonna let Zach go first on that one. Can he finish the season as the starter? That's what I want to know. Um, the expectation is is the really tough part of this because and I remember when you were getting like flamed going into lat, like this past season for what you projected him to do just as like as a year two quarterback in this league looking at historical tendencies for a guy that did what he did oh, in year by the one, way I predicted two. it have an 82 he, passer rating and he was had an 81.4 so you know yeah exactly I I have I have no idea like this is really bad to give this type of I, I don't know what to expect like I I don't know how We've seen him do what he's done through his first two seasons, like even taking into account the missed time within those two seasons and have any expectation for you. Like, I don't have an expectation. That's the problem. Yeah, it's really hard to develop, I think, a realistic expectation. Look, I mean, I think one of them is like, how could we expect him to be healthy? He played, you know, he, he had what, two concussions and then a, you know, three injuries yeah. this past year. Like, that's almost just as concerning as the play. Um, I think one of the things that I, I think is that we will see more efficient numbers because I think the running game will be more emphasized, will be better. And I think we will get more play action, which I think just about everyone's been screaming for. And I think that will lead to more easy throws to open guys for big chunks. I just don't know that it's going to add up to, more yards or, you know, like, like they can operate more efficiently and not really be better. Right. Like they, they can just not really throw the ball very often, but do it pretty well when they do. I think that's a, 
I don't know if that's a reasonable outcome, but I kind of feel like that's an above average outcome for how this offense could play out. Yeah, I mean, I think that some of the stuff that you are saying is definitely valid. You know, the health concerns are definitely real. I mean, at this point, just with his struggles, like how many times he's exited the game due to injury. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's tough for me because I think that there's a couple of different scenarios that could happen here. Um, one is that, you know, an injury happens or like he just doesn't grasp the offense or doesn't pick it up as quickly as possible. And, you know, we're four weeks into the season and whichever veteran starter they bring in is it Mason or whoever there's just so much pressure that they end up you know having to go a different direction they can't wait on him to pick it up um that being said like I just think that the offense like I said about the guardrails uh in the offense that are kind of in place for the quarterback this is um there's a lot of like point and shoot type stuff in the offense that I think minimizes some of the stuff that you know he kind of struggles with in terms of like being a processor uh, one thing that Smith likes to do is like cut the field in half. So sometimes that lends itself to spacing issues in itself, but there's some half field reads, I think that are really beneficial. Um, they run a lot of like play action max protection looks where there's only like two receivers out in the concept. So like, again, you're not having to read like full progress, full pure progression reads like right to left, left to right. I think that stuff can be good for him. Um, the big difference for me is going to be like, like what does when Arthur Smith comes in, like he's trying to tweak, uh, his offense to like fit his personnel. Like every offense coordinator will say, like, "Hey, I got to fit my offense to my personnel." What is there right now to grasp onto with Pickett's skill set that you can say, like, "Okay, I can build the offense around this." Like, what does he do at an above average level that he's shown so far that you can really build the ship out of or build build like what what is it? I don't I don't really know what that is. I, I just and that's like something that I've asked myself. Like even watching his games, like I mean, I've watched every pass he's thrown dating back to his like sophomore year in college most of those two three times I just I don't know what he does at a high high level to really build the offense around so I do think that there are stuff in his offense to make it easier um I'm I'm still really skeptical on like the ceiling um of things but I, I do think that they can get workable quarterback play uh from Pickett in this offense just because of how quarterback friendly it is yeah I agree with that I think that maybe the one thing you could kind of point to um maybe not necessarily that like Pickett does specifically the one thing i think he does specifically pretty well his back shoulder ball is pretty good i think that's something that maybe i I haven't seen as much of out of the smith tape that i've watched that that they could put into it especially because george pickens is so good at it too like those those two guys seem to have a real connection there i think that makes some sense and i i like pickett's ability in the kind of two minute drill like that's that's sort of an Achilles heel of this style of offense, right? Is that you, you know, if you're building your offense with the running game and with play action pass, like you shouldn't expect that offense to be able to score quickly, but that's maybe the one area where Kenny has been reliably pretty good in his career is kind of directing those late drives. So maybe this can be, I, I'm not expecting it to be great, but maybe this could be a marriage where um, the sum is, is greater than the, 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 the measure of the parts. So, so real quick, this is just actually something that I looked up earlier this morning. Um, but I, I was sitting there watching, you know, I watched six games from Atlanta last year, two games from the year before. And then I went back and watched like three Titans games over the past like week ish. And one of the things I kept like seeing was like, there were, there was the occasional Drake London, like 50, 50 ball um, that they would give him the opportunity on the outside. Um but I just didn't really see a lot of like vertical routes from the boundary. Like a lot of the shot plays are like, you know, deep crossers. They'll, they'll run some clear out stuff, but they really want to work, you know, the middle of the field. Um, the way they push the ball down the field, is just different from what we've seen from the Steelers. 
uh, just looking at Sports Info Solutions, um, it just in terms of like looking at like nine routes, so like go balls. Uh, the Falcons ran 50 go ball routes last year. That was dead last in the NFL uh, by 25. Uh, the Packers had 75. The Steelers, on the other hand, um, they ran wow. 174, and that's on very, very low volume. So, I mean, it's just – it's going to be – like I said, it's going to look so different. Um, and like you said, like maybe this is something – like I, I do think that Kenny's a relatively accurate deep ball thrower. Maybe, you know, that's something they incorporate maybe more in this offense. But, um, you know, a lot of that, I think the lack of just like true, you know, go balls or back shoulders in the offense can be – relegated back to the fact that Smith uses a, like the tightest splits, like really of any team in the league. Like you see the receivers, they're almost like almost really, really close to the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's, it's difficult to throw those like back shoulders um, when you're that close to the line. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm fascinated, honestly, just because I've enjoyed, even though this offense that he runs is definitely not my favorite. Like he was not my favorite choice of the coordinators that were available. Um, I have enjoyed like learning about it. I think that it can work with the right circumstances, with the right personnel. I'm just fascinated to see like what he does with Kenny, um, assuming that that's their plan going into next season as, as he's quarterback one. I'm very fascinated to see what he can get out of him. Derek, we want to take some time to talk about you. We're doing this with all our guests this month who are coming along for a ride with us here on the afternoon drive. And we talked a lot about like fans and where they're from and, you are a Steelers fan that is not from Pittsburgh. How'd that happen? Yeah, so um, my father, actually, uh, who is a listener to the channel. Uh, all right, and all right. He, uh, What's up, Mr. Bell? He literally be? grew up. He was born in 1970, so he grew up with the 70s Steelers dynasty. So pretty easy, uh, easy kind yeah. of correlation right there. Um, and, you know, he really just stuck with it. So, like, I always tell people, you know, did I want to become a Steelers fan when I was growing up, all that stuff? I always tell people, man, like, I didn't have a choice. Like, dude, I remember, like, watching Steelers games with him when I was three, four years old, like, Cordell Stewart era. Um, I don't really know if I had a choice to, like, choose a team, but, I mean, that was just what I rolled with. So, uh, really, I've been, you know, obsessed with football, played football growing up, but I've been obsessed with it since I could walk. So, just going to Steelers games with him and pretty easy uh, – you know, pretty easy thing to latch on to. How did you get to a place where you wanted to do what you're doing now? Talk about football online, write about it, do that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of weird, man, like how everything kind of transpired. So like, I think I joined Twitter in like 2011. And uh, just like, this was right after I was getting out of high school. And as I was getting older and stuff, I wasn't going to play football in college or anything like that. Um, but I just want to continue to like learn about it. So like, I remember, you know, early in like the 2010s, just like seeking out like knowledge and just trying to like further my knowledge of the game. And then, you know, I started kind of, I think it was like 2012, 2013. I started really like trying to like give my own opinions on stuff. I had a really small like following on there, uh, but I've always been obsessed with the NFL draft. That was something that me and my dad watched, you know, growing up. So like, I've kind of always latched onto that, like just like learning about the players and I love watching college football, obviously too. Um, so then like 2012, 2013 is like really when I started like putting out clips and like, I remember like screen sharing stuff of like highlight reels and stuff about players in the draft, just, you know, getting to learn like background info. And then really from there, it's just kind of like grown. Like I do that have people like that still follow me, still have conversations with on a regular basis that have followed me like since that 2013, 2014 stuff. Um, and then really, I didn't start like really writing um until about 2019 2020 like everything that i did was really just twitter like there are so many people that know me just from twitter like not from any particular site or 
anything like that. It's just kind of uh, over time, it's just kind of gradually evolved into, you know, me having the kind of following that I have now. Well, I want to I want to ask you a last thing. This is specific. I think I know the answer, but for everybody else, what is your favorite position to watch in terms of film and scouting and why is it? Oh, man, it's definitely corner, man. I, yeah. I know. Uh, I think that's one thing that like set like kind of makes me a little unique in that regard. I mean, like when I was growing up, like in, in uh, middle school, AU, high school, whatever, I, I mean, I played corner and receiver. So I think naturally a lot of people um, that are a lot better at, you know, analyzing the game than I am uh, gravitate towards like what they know. So like, I think a lot of that just stems from like what you played and mm -hmm. if you have that experience. So it's kind of just one of those things that like I, I've known for a long time. Like I had some really good coaches that were like played those positions and it's just always been like the coolest thing for me. Like it's, it's really funny. And like my dad would be the first one to tell you, I remember specifically going to Steelers games in like 2005 and during their playoff run. And like, I'm not even watching the game. Like when, when they're on defense, I'm literally just watching Ike Taylor. So like my dad would be sitting next to me and I'd be like telling him like, did you see that? Did you see that? And he'd be like, no, I'm like watching like the quarterback and like I'm watching what's going on uh, with the ball. And I'm just like telling him like all the stuff that just happened and stuff. So like I was always um, growing up, like Ike was my favorite player. So like that was just something that, you know, I wore 24, all that stuff. So um, that's just how that's kind of evolved. And I do think it's just something that I really enjoy. I know a lot of people don't really enjoy watching like secondary guys because the ball doesn't come their way very often throughout the game. But um, I mean, if it was up to me, man, I would watch – freaking 25 30 corners in a draft class if I, if I had the time it's funny that you know i love ike taylor too but it'd be funny like to a casual fan like oh you wearing 24 for like champ bailey or no ike taylor Big yeah, you, taylor guy, by the way. yeah you know it's actually yeah. really funny i had the chance to um i went out i think it was my wife and i went to steelers training camp like this was probably eight nine years ago i actually had a chance to meet him for the first time uh, and he was really cool with this time, like signed some stuff for me that I brought to camp. And then um, like when I was covering camp two years ago, I had the chance to have a conversation with him. And I like thanked him personally for like, you know, setting aside some time to come over and talk with me after practice. He took some pictures with me and stuff. Um, and then we literally just sat there and talked ball for like probably seven, eight minutes. Like we talked about um, just like Steelers defense, like things that he did, like growing up to like, you know, develop himself like we talked about you know how he told me that he really wants to be like in the Steelers ring of honor or hall of honor whatever mm -hmm. they call it he said he thinks that that'll happen eventually it's just not his time yet and just some of the stuff that he was helping with his son you know his son's gonna uh he's committed to Notre Dame as a defensive yeah. back as well so um you know that like seven eight minute conversation like the couple times I've been uh grateful enough to like have those with him has been really cool so kind of another full circle moment for me that's awesome love to hear it Derek, thanks for riding shotgun with us today. Uh, I think most people that are watching or listening to the show know where to find you. It's also on the screen if you're watching, but just go ahead and tell the people anyway where they can find your stuff. Yep, at Steelers underscore DB on Twitter and YouTube. Appreciate y'all for having me on, too. The YouTube. By the way, that video that you just did about um, Arthur Smith, was it? I think that was the sale cons. It had like 30K. I was looking at it. I was like, oh, it just popped up. I didn't even see the video at first. Was it the sale concept one that got like yeah. 30K? It yeah. did. It did very well. I was. I was happy. Like and subscribe one. over there to our boy, Alan. Tell the people where they can find you at a Saunders underscore PGH PGH Steelers now Steelers now dot com, and uh, right here in this square, 
all week. Mm-hmm. We got more friends coming in. Should we should we tease tomorrow's friend or should we not? Maybe tease. I wouldn't say specifically Don't, who it is. Okay, but... tease, tease. Yeah. How will we tease this? Oh man, that's. I might have to eat. Uh, uh, nah, that's too nah, obvious. I think. Yeah, nah. probably. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll say this guy has a great beard. Let's just say that is a great. We're, we're going to go back to the to the. Unlike me, we're we're keeping the beard quota up in in lieu of Smitty's, which is on hiatus. Uh, we have uh, we had Nick, we got Derek, we've got Nat. We we are keeping the beard theme going. Let's just say that. Right. Yeah, mine would have been way too obvious, so I'm glad I didn't come out of my mouth. Uh, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Hit us in the comments with any questions uh, for tomorrow, for going forward, any thoughts about what we talked about. Leave us a five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm Zachary Smith, PGH, for Alan Saunders, for Derek Bell, and for myself. Thanks for jumping in. Take another ride on the Steelers Afternoon Draft. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh-huh.